Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Welcome back, everybody, to another Event Tech Podcast. That man over there is the brief Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. And that guy over there is the nutty Will Curran of Endless <laughs> Events. Oh, I'm feeling nutty. <laughs> feeling real nutty today. Feeling a little nutty today because we're going to be talking about a very subset, small subset of a topic that we've discussed. Almost feels like ad nauseum in sometimes our event technology world, <laughs> but augmented reality, but specifically the audio component and audio augmented reality. Brent, can you give everyone who maybe um, first time listeners um, or maybe not very familiar with what augmented reality is a quick reminder on what augmented reality is? Yeah, I mean, usually in today's context, when we're talking about augmented reality, we're thinking of some kind of glasses or something like that that we put on. But really, you know, the simplest definition is that it's reality augmented, right? You're <laughs> layering something over reality. Um, so it's not replacing reality, it's it's layering it over. So when we talk virtual reality, right, it's a, we think of these like immersive worlds or immersive storylines or, you know, maybe even just 360 video, those kinds of things. But it's meant to put you someplace else compared to augmented reality, which is where we're still firmly planted in the world, but we're getting information or we're having some kind of sensory input layered over over reality as we see it and know it. And I know a bunch of experts that we've had on the show before and on event icons and things that have said that augmented reality will probably have a larger impact on the physical event space more than virtual reality will um, in the future. So I figured this would be a good one. And it's kind of sparked from um, me actually being interested in a couple different products and kind of trying to figure out how maybe this might fit into my daily workflow. But then I started thinking about, man, this could be used for events as well. Um, and, and kind of talking about, Brent, you actually have one of these products, I think, to start off with, which people might be starting to see more often, which are these bone conducting headphones that kind of like wrap around your ear, but don't actually cover over your ears. Can you explain a little bit about how they work and how it allows you to kind of sense the world as well around you? Yeah, so I mean, is is in this context, right? If we're talking about audio augmented reality, we still that means we have to layer on top, right? We're not replacing. So when we put on big giant big muff headphones, right, or you know noise canceling headphones, the goal, right, is to block out the rest of the world and go into our you know go into our little podcasts or whatever music that we're listening to, really get into our own head. So much like virtual reality glasses versus augmented reality glasses, when we start talking about augmented audio. We're talking about layering audio over reality. So these, these uh, you know, quote unquote headphones <laughs> that I have, because they're not really headphones, sit just in front of my ears. So they, they, they do wrap around kind of the back of my head. Um, they sit quite comfortably and then they sit right in front of my ears. So my ears are actually still open. Uh, to the world. I can hear everything that's going on. And then these, these, what these bone conducting headphones do is they're actually vibrating the little bone, you know, right in front of the ear. Um, and that just wiggles its way through <laughs> and activates your eardrum as if you were hearing it, um, uh, you know, being, you know, broadcast out, out loud. Now, the technology is be because you're not hearing it, right? You're not hearing it, you know, through speakers or bouncing around, you know, you wind up getting, it's a little tinny, 
Um, what honestly, I describe it as, you know, when I was growing up, the little earbuds that we had were pretty awful. Um, you know, the headphones <laughs> that would come, the headphones that would come with a, you know, with a, a Walkman or something like that. Um, they were pretty awful, you know, in that they didn't have a lot of bass response. Um, you know, much like today, if you want good bass response, you need to have like the big over the ear headphones in order to get a, you know, a decent, a decent sound. And that's why, you know, the beats and things like that are so popular. So um, that's kind of how these sound, right? It, you know, you can listen to music. You, they're perfect for podcasts, right? Because it's just spoken yeah, for word. talking. Spoken yeah. Word. And so you're able to go, you know, I can take the dog for a walk or something like that and not be worried that I'm going to get run over by a car or something like that because I can't hear. I can, excuse me, I can hear everything going on in the world. Um, and then just have, you know, my podcast or whatever layered on top over it. So I think it's a pretty fun technology um, that uh, some people might not really think about being augmented reality, but I, I would consider it to be. Definitely. And I, I know a bunch of my uh, technicians love it for on site because for safety reasons, it allows them to continue to listen to music or an audiobook yeah. while also being able to hear if someone says like, heads up or, hey, Byron, I need this. And I'm just thinking Byron because Byron is always wearing his. And I'm just, <laughs> he's the one who I was like, oh man, these are awesome. Um, is it the aftershocks? Yeah, the aftershocks or whatever it yeah. is or something like that. I'll yeah, drop I, a link. I, we'll drop a link into the show notes as to the kind that I have. I, I've been very happy with them. They get great battery life. They're Bluetooth, so they're wireless. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so I, you know, I can for sure get a whole day and sometimes more, uh, worth of, you know, ramming around the house, uh, listening to podcasts. And, and that makes sense too. Important, I think to say is that you still need your phone to be the transmission device, just like normal Bluetooth headphones or, you know, whatnot, uh, for, for these, uh, bone conducting headphones. Um, so then that kind of like, I've been looking at those for a little bit and honestly, I'm just like, do I really need it to really enhance what I'm going to do? But a lot of times, you know, like I don't have this ability. I don't like, I'm not one of my technicians who needs to be on site and talk to people while listening to things. But then, um, I also like kind of struggle a little bit with the sound quality of it. But um, interestingly enough, I was in Best Buy, um, just literally randomly walking around as one does when you have a free time for one for the first time in a long time. And I saw these Bose AR glasses, as they call them, and literally just Google Bose AR, and they're they're touting them as augmented reality glasses and all these things like that, you know. And they're oh, <coughs> they're uh, updating their um, you know uh, SDK software developer kit so they can do more augmented reality things and all these crazy things like that. But honestly, they're just they're glasses, sunglasses. They have like, I don't know how to describe it. I think it's a mix of the bone conducting mixed with actual speakers that go so close to your ear. But um, I put them on and they sounded incredible. I mean, like I was expecting teeny sound. I was expecting meh, not to be impressed. I was blown away. Almost to the point where I was like, oh man, maybe I should get these right now. And what was funny is I was like, okay, these got to be like super loud. They have to be basically speakers on your ear or whatever it is. And I took them off and immediately the sound went away. And I made my buddy Brandon, who I talk, feel like I talk about all the time on the show, put him on it. And I said, crank it. He put up to 100% volume. I couldn't even hear it. And I was like, okay, these are really, really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Um, I, the thing I struggle with is they're only sunglasses, but now I've realized that you can pop out the lenses. So now maybe I'll get them and turn them into regular glasses uh, to wear. Um, but super duper cool, better sounding. And that's what kind of, I think, inspired me to think about, okay, now we're moving beyond just tinny sound and, you know, and we have potentially the opportunity to create deeper audio experiences using glasses like this. So I figured it'd be cool to do a little bit of a brainstorm and talk about how potentially having audio always on audio that allows you to hear the rest of the world augmented 
how we can apply this in the events industry. So, so, so Brent, um, I know you got a, an idea for how potentially this can be used and maybe we do a quick fire back and forth and talk about how it can be used in brainstorm. You should know me better. I don't do quick fire. I can't say anything less than <laughs> 1500 words on any particular topic. Um, no, I'll start with my own experience with, with these bone conducting uh, headphones. So one of the interesting things to me um, that uh, really kind of only started working well uh, with my pixel four um, is using the, uh, the assistant. Uh, so the the Google Assistant um, through these headphones, um, it just it was it just never seemed to work right with my Samsungs for some reason. Um, but ever since I switched over to the Google uh, Full Pixel Four, um, when I you know say the magic words, if I have those headphones on, um, my phone will bedoodle and I can respond, and it responds. The assistant responds in the headphones. So even if I'm in a room that has um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Google Home or something like that in it, um, the most immediate response is the one that comes in my ear, which I think is kind of the way you want it to work, right? You don't need necessarily to, if, if I'm asking the assistant to set an appointment, set a reminder, set a timer or something like that, it doesn't necessarily need to be broadcast to everyone else in the room. Um, I just need it uh, to, to go into my own ears. So that's something that I found very interesting to me was um, how much I'm starting to use the assistant to the point where sometimes if I've just got them on my head, if I actually just push and hold the, uh, the big Bluetooth button uh, on the thing, it will activate the assistant. Um, and so that's kind of that's a, cool a nice, well. nice thing. You don't even need to say out loud, uh, you know, the, the, the keywords or something like that. So yeah, I'm starting to find ways to fit that into my workload uh, or workflow, like especially for calendar appointments, that's super handy. Sometimes uh, if I'm not on my Mac, um, I haven't found a good calendar program that I love on any other platform. Uh, and so being able to just say, set an appointment for this time, call it this, you know, just out loud really works pretty well. I have a feeling I'm going to end up buying these glasses <laughs> after I do this episode. Um, <laughs> uh, that sounds incredible. I love that. Um, so another idea that I have um, potentially for how this can be used uh, as well is uh, something that's already being done in the events industry, but is using more traditional technologies of headphones, um, which is translation. Um, and translation typically is done that um, in two ways. Um, you can do it where there's a bunch of radio transmitters and then put headphones in and they're like a hardware physical device that people carry around with them, um, right? That's being, you know, done and, re and recorded and broadcast from a different area of the event. The other option that's becoming more popular now is, hey, you just log on an app or a site and you plug in your own headphones and use it. Well, I'm almost thinking like augmented reality that allows you to hear a little bit of the world with the translation over it is important versus... Um, just hearing the translation. And I find my audio engineers are doing this all the time that they're like, look, we want to make sure there's a little bit of the, they call it the bed, a little bit of the English speaking translation original below it. So that way you hear inflection, you hear pauses, you hear them laugh, that sort of thing. And then also as well, the room needs to be put into that mix as well. Cause you're putting headphones and you're eliminating a lot of sound going on in the room. Whereas I feel like this could be really, really uh, improved um, because what you would do is instead of just sending, instead of saying room audio, sending a little bit of the English, they just put on the translation on the augmented reality uh, headphones or whatever it may be, and they hear only the translation, and it allows them to hear the no, the the music and the and the um, you know the laughter and all those things like that mixed in with just the translation of the spoken word. Um, and I feel like it would make a, a lot better of a translation experience because also as well, they're not putting headphones in 
if someone, their friend sits next to them and goes, blah, 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 and comments to them about something, they can hear that. And rather than let me pull one ear off, okay, now I'm out of the experience. Now I can't hear what he's saying. You know, I think it just makes it a little bit more of a seamless experience. Exactly. I could really see this being even just a single ear thing that you can just, you know, put almost like a hearing aid over, you know, over your ear. Um, so that, you know, again, you're, you're, you're free, you're there in the environment, you're in the space. Like you said, you've got the bed. So much can often get, pardon the pun, lost in translation when you don't have that immediate connection to how someone is speaking, what their tonality is, whether or not they're, you know, really emoting, uh, you know, and then if you're just concentrating on that translation and you're able to kind of go in your own head, I think a lot of that can get lost. So I think it's a fantastic use for this I'll, technology. I'll challenge you a bit too about the one-ear thing. I don't know if you ever have done it in a long time. I just bought um, a new Bluetooth headset for calls and it's a one-eared thing. And I found that I can't concentrate in calls as much by it only being in one ear only. So I almost think that actually it's better for it to be both ears because we hear with both ears, right? Like if, if, if the translation was done uh, or if someone was talking on stage and you're hearing it in, let's say, for example, English, like normal, you'd hear it in both ears. You wouldn't hear it just in one ear. And I feel like it's kind of weird when you hear it only in one side because you really have to concentrate on that end. But when I, for example, um, for example, using my calling heads that uses both ears, I'm laser focused and allows me to really concentrate on it. So I almost want to challenge that, but I, I, I'm, I'm guessing we would probably would have to do a, a, a like a augmented reality audio face off to probably determine <laughs> yeah. which one we liked more. You know, when before I went to these bone conductors, I had just kind of a standard set of Bluetooth head, you know, headsets. I think they're a mono price or something like that. And I had multiple pairs of them because I really liked them. And I usually would have one dangling off. So I would just have the one, but I would do that so that I wouldn't be completely closed off, right? I could hear if someone talked to me or if the family needed, you know, someone who was asking daddy, ask, you know, asking me a question or something. So um, it's tough to say because now I get it in both ears and I can still hear. So I don't yeah. know if it was better or if my retention's any better. I don't feel like it's any better or worse, but I don't know. It's a good point. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Should we go on to the, to the, to the next idea that I, that I randomly put onto this list of ideas that I have for <laughs> yes. augmented reality? Um, so next one I was kind of thinking, and I almost like rendered these in terms of amount of work needed for someone uh, or what like existing technology and start to get a little bit more far-fetched as we go along. But we obviously all have event apps, right? And these event apps are constantly pushing notifications. Hey, this area is now closed. This session's full. Hey, the time has changed for this. Um, you know, safety announcements, things like that, right? But we're also pushing for this like white space and disconnection world where we're not looking at our phones, right? We even talked about it in the past as podcast is like, how can we use event technology that's more seamless with the normal experience and not busting out our phones all the time? But at the same time though, too, there is something really important about the ability to send notifications to people to say, hey, this is what's going on. So uh, the way I imagine this is, let's start with like a really easy one. You have an event app and there's an emergency. If someone has augmented reality headphones on and has ability to hear their outside world, right? Like they're not hearing things or not constantly listening to things. Um, they, uh, an emergency happens and you could say there's an emergency happening. Usually you'd have to do that by piping it through the whole venue, putting all the speakers around all those things like that. I know exhibit halls that do that just for that one reason, right? Talk about the, like your next appointment is starting in five minutes and they have to bust it out for everybody and ruins this other experience. What if you could do that via augmented headphones instead? I'm also thinking about it as well in a personalized way where, for example, your event app has your schedule. It also, let's say it's using beacon technology, knows where you are in physical space. And let's say it knows you're not in the room for the general session. The general session is about to start in five minutes and you said you were going to the general session. 
I would love if I'm having a really deep conversation with someone and I said I was going to go to this thing, sometimes I miss it completely because I was so involved and not looking at my phone and didn't want to be rude. But a notification, I could just be like, general session starting in five minutes. That's not disruptive enough where I would get pulled out of the conversation, but yet I'm notified of what's going on. Um, and I was just thinking like event app companies could easily do this where you could say like, you know, if there's no headphones connected, don't make noise on my event app. But if you do push a, an audio notification, kind of like an assistant uh, through as well. And I thought that'd be kind of cool. I don't, I don't know if you want to expand upon that. Double-edged sword, right? You know, like all these things, like actual phone notifications and other, you know, Bluetooth uh, things that we've talked about in the past regarding beacons and things like that. It all depends on how you implement it and whether or not you're adding to the attendee experience or you're taking them away from the, from the experience. Um, I've seen, you know, uh, notifications being used excessively. Um, I've seen overuse of, of phone notifications. So if someone wasn't being uh, strategic about how they use it, um, uh, that could really be a, a bad thing, but I can definitely see what you're saying that, you know, just a little reminder, um, in your ear um, saying, yeah, the next session will begin in five minutes. As long as you're not overdoing it or abusing it, um, maybe that contextual awareness could be used in the other way. Like, right, we only want to send this to the people that are in the general session and anyone who's geolocated outside of the general session doesn't get it, right? So um, mm. one of the things that drives me nuts is when you're wandering around at a show and you're seeing all of these notifications that are specific to the show floor. Um, you know, stop by booth 306 for a drawing in five minutes. Okay, well, I'm, you know, down the hall uh, in a breakout room or something like that. You know, I'm not going to be able to get there in five minutes. So, you know, that's, that's a wasted opportunity um, or, or a wasted uh, text, you know, a wasted notification on me, um, or it's being sent to everyone at the show as opposed to just the attendees versus the speakers versus the exhibitors or something along those lines. So I think you're right. I think you just have to be a little strategic about it um, and being careful not to abuse the power that comes along with it. Totally. Um, as I was trying to do a little bit of research into this too, I found this term that kind of got coined called asymmetrical information for participants. Um, so for example, in this case, they use it as like a multiplayer experience. So imagine you're playing like a murder mystery party. What if you could show different clues to different people or give different information to different people? That's essentially what we're talking about too, is that personalization experience through the event app to deliver asymmetrical information. Like right now, I think the events industry is very much born on symmetrical information. You see the same banner that everyone else sees, but like, let's be honest, I think the future of events and I mean, life in general is this customization, personalization, but um, we've talked about it before. It wouldn't be great if you walked up to a screen and it knew your schedule and said, oh, hey, here's the signage that you need to see. Your set next session is this way. Um, I think that same thing can easily happen with uh, augmented reality audio through our phones. That's exactly where my head went as well, talking about like what Delta was displaying at CES with the individually uh, assignable signage um, that is the same physical sign, but depending on who's looking at it, you see a different thing um, that could easily be combined with audio technology so that, like you said, you're getting your reminders and things like that, but maybe you're getting them in your native language. Um, based on you know what you selected at registration as your native language, so uh, mm -hmm. further customizing and tailoring that experience. 
Um, I found these other ones, and this might be appropriate time to mention, but one was like attaching sounds to specific locations or objects too. Um, so as you were approaching a different area, audio starts to play about something different, right? Um, almost like, uh, man, I don't even have a good example of this, but I definitely I experienced it before. Like, yeah, go, okay, yeah, go, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, so think back, think back uh, IMAX uh, this last year where I think it was Hilton had the, had the waterfall in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wouldn't it be great if you were a vendor around that and you didn't have to listen to rushing water all <laughs> every day for you know eight hours a day um but everyone else who you know who just as you slowly approach it it would get a little bit louder and a little bit louder in your ears um and you know so you could experience it as an attendee but then you would have the ability to turn it off if you were a vendor um or you know if you walked away from it you wouldn't continue to hear it and then that would just be not then filling that space you know those 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 expo halls can get so loud just because of the echoing mm -hmm. and all of the sound just from the people, right? Much less all of the demonstrations that are being given. And then having that kind of white noise going in there had to make it difficult to talk um, to anybody around that space. It was a beautiful booth. I'm not meaning to knock the booth, but I'm just ex exploring where this kind of technology could help take that kind of booth um, without maybe making uh, all of the uh, vendors in the neighborhood have to go to the bathroom every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think you bring up a really good point too, talking about like, we've been seeing more and more of these events move into these open floor plan festivalization kind of styles where, you know, for example, what we, Brandon, you know, I have done this a ton of times is present with he people wearing headphones. And I think that this can also help fix that as well. Like, I, you know, we've talked about, we loved how people could literally go walk the entire trade show floor and switch between sessions as they're going along. But what if you could do that via an app? And what if instead you also had a little, you could still hear the world around you as you were listening as well. Um, I think that could be hugely beneficial. Um, and you kind of mentioned it. And I think, I think this is a good pivot to this one is making you feel like you're in another space too. Like, for example, let's say you're listening to a keynote and someone's giving a presentation. Let's say, for example, you're like, whoo, I really need to calm down while I'm listening to this finance talk. Like, let's have some waves crashing in addition to <laughs> listening to the keynote. Usually or, you need to wake you know, people up during the finance talk. Sorry. That's true. That's true. So maybe some rock and roll and music or something quarter, like that. in the third quarter, we had our stocks <laughs> went up 0.5%. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we can, you yeah. can, essentially with Augment, you could go to another space. And I think that's what yeah. a lot of people are kind of like when you're exploring, when you look up augmented reality, you go to Bose AR website, all it talks about is bringing you to another space and another experience. And I think that's uh, very much possible to be done at events as well. Um, for sure. Yeah, and the level of customization then that that opens up is if you've got the ability for each attendee to be able to individually control their own volume. Uh, you know, I can't tell you the number of times, and I know you've done dealt with this too, where one person's coming up to you telling you it's too loud, and the next person's coming up telling you it's too quiet. Oh my you know, God, the yes. plan. You know, you got the person on stage. You know, pump up the volume, pump it up because we want to be loud and play thunderstruck. Yeah. And then you know, you've got you know someone in the front row just covering their ears because it's so dang loud, and they're sitting you know. Too feet away from the stacks um, because they couldn't fly them. Um, so, um, so, you know, that kind of level of customization is, I think, going to be, is, is, is another thing that all of these types of augmented reality technologies are going to allow us. Now, Will, before we move on, I just want to talk about another level of customization. I want to talk about what if you could go to a conference and, you know, the problems that we have with the conference is, you know, you've got 150 different tracks that you could go down, all of this different education, but you've only got one time. day to do it. You got yep. one day to do it. How do you do it, Will? 
Well, I, it'd be awesome if there was like some sort of platform where you could pick and choose what you want to 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 do. And what if you could even to tie in augmented reality, listen to this stuff while you're walking down the road onto your favorite coffee shop or between your next meeting, things like that. You mean like what if that education, getting education when it's convenient for you as opposed like they're, to having it, to like fly somewhere and yep, yep, visit yep. a conference? It's like as if there was an institute for leaders of the events industry. Yeah, like a, yeah, like an event leadership institute. What? Wait a what? second. The event leadership <laughs> institute can do all of that. It's a chance to hone your skills as a professional, or uh, maybe if you're just starting out. And they've got over 180 video courses, interviews with industry leaders, white papers, ebooks, and so much more. And it's love something it, that you it. can do. On your own schedule, right? You oh. don't have to get locked. Event people are busy people. I don't know if you knew Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Event, event folk are busy folk. They ain't got time to be taken out this day or that day, taken out a full day of their time to go get educated. Um, that's when the, the Event Leadership Institute is really going to shine. It's going to be simple pricing. It's going to be cheaper than going and attending a conference. There's no contracts. You can cancel at any time. It really is kind of like the Netflix of learning. Right. Uh, you know, I, whatever happened to lynda.com? I feel like that kind of got absorbed. <laughs> I got absorbed into LinkedIn and then never LinkedIn. really you know, saw again. Um, but, so. uh, you know, very much that kind of style where you can, you can, you can subscribe to individual courses. You can take like a five week course, like my technical meeting and event production course, or you can just take little bits and chunks right for here, here and there on a monthly subscription plan. So you can either, you know, just pay for a single course and be done, or you can get that subscription model going and take things, uh, you know, all of the kind of, of topics like business and sales, creativity and design, career building, planning, logistics, strategy, ROI, all of these big picture things that we talk about on these kind of on these podcasts all the time. And it's for CMP credit. So what you get CMP credits. So. You get CMP credit on them. Yeah. A lot of the, uh, the, the courses qualify for CMP credit. So you're going to be able to apply those hours toward your CMP. So find out more at eventleadershipinstitute.com. Special address just for you listeners out there, though. It's E-L-I the number four dot me slash etp that's eli four dot me slash etp and that way you are going to get a 20 percent discount on individual courses or a 20 percent discount off of your monthly membership and we want to be sure and thank the eli event leadership institute, institute for their support <laughs> of the event tech podcast i know we're i kind of left to, that hanging on here. yeah i was gonna say i thought we were maybe we're gonna we we're gonna have a sync up moment we we're gonna oh. talk but then you know the, the 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 ping between us was just too much man too much <laughs> the ping, the ping. well, well, well thanks speaking, eli we really appreciate it. all right back into it yeah definitely back into it so talking about a little bit about education and kind of listening as you go also audio tours, right? We've talked about how audio tours can be great for, um, for the uh, exhibit halls and how people can walk around and listen to what, you know, different exhibitors and things like that. But again, that was with headphones on, you're completely isolating the rest of the event. And you're kind of like almost virtual reality, putting a headset on and can't see anything else going on. This would be great if you could hear more about it. And also, again, if you can tie into the app or beacon technology, so it pops up as you are walking around rather than just a pre-recorded track. Heck yeah, that would be awesome. Now, I will say just kind of the state of technology, I haven't tried the bows on yet, but at least as far as my uh, aftershocks go, um, they get a little almost uncomfortable at loud volumes. So you imagine like a noisy mm. trade show floor because it's, it's physically vibrating. And so the louder it gets, it just it kind of buzzes your, uh, your head a little bit as it goes. So, um, that, you know, that, you know, this kind of thing gets better with time, you know, the technology will get better with time. And if, let's be honest, if everybody was doing this, what we just talked about a moment ago, the floor wouldn't necessarily be as loud. 
right? Because you've got, you know, you're not going to have all of these, uh, all this extra sound and whooshing waterfalls and all of that kind of stuff being broadcast out loud, um, you know, to the show floor. So being able to, you know, that should kind of help that idea, but definitely love the idea of being able to wander a trade show floor, get that audio experience without having to go so much inside your head. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and this one's a little bit more out there, I think, for the the, the future of augmented reality for audio, but also triggering sounds based on users' uh, head gestures and movement as well. So imagine, for example, um, you know, I don't know, I have no idea how this would be used in events, but maybe someone like voting, maybe, for example, um, like someone's like, okay, you know, if um, for A, you know, shake your head yes. If you say no, <laughs> shake your head no, and boom, the vote goes automatically to the, you know, the Slido account and does right. the vote and everything like that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, you know, maybe it's something like as your head is nodding down to fall asleep during the finance presentation, it starts playing some rock music underneath or you know, maybe it vibrates your head a little bit to wake you up. I don't know about that, but, um, you know, just saying yeah. that obviously someone's going to yeah. come up with a better idea than us. <laughs> you can use it creatively, especially if you have the ability to split the audio, right? I can imagine like, okay, this left side of the room gets told one thing, right side of the room gets told another thing, you know, and then you can put cheers together and things like that um, without, you know, uh, you know, I'd like it. You could have some fun with it. You could have some fun with it, definitely. And then, you know, we already kind of touched on the user's position, though, right? I mean, so talking about their position in the room, their position in the convention center, I'm not sure if that's what you meant by that or not, but. Yeah, we're I, was man, man, I was thinking like head position. Like, okay. But, yeah. So if you start to fall asleep, it, <laughs> yeah, it jolts you. It's, it's like, it gives you like a good a, aftershock. It's, oh. like a it's like a Tesla driving mode where if you start to <laughs> not pay attention, it starts buzzing and dinging and. Yeah, put your hands back on the wheel. Put your hands back on the wheel. I, I think I might need a, a headset that does that sometimes for some of the shows that I'm on. It's like, oh, I'm drifting off, drifting off. Nope, you're drifting good. Off. Nope, 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 and, nope. And like we talked about on a show not too long ago, maybe there's some audio engineers and camera people that might need uh, something <laughs> uh, totally, as they start totally. to uh, drift off. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know that obviously this can be combined with something else's too, Brent. So kind of want to leave everybody off on the final uh, uh, idea that you have. Yeah, well, I think a lot of these technologies, right, it's not that it's that technology in and of itself that's going to be so magical, right? It's not necessarily... Uh, you know, display technology that's, you know, that's going to change the world. It's when you combine it with something else. So same, much like that, it's, you know, the ability to start including this technology in other technologies. So as we start to talk about augmented reality glasses, you know, maybe ones that actually look like glasses as opposed to weird Google Glass type stuff, um, and then combine that technology, the visual technology with the audio technology, so that you're able to hear that digital assistant in your glasses um, and then get visual feedback combined with it. So, you know, when a notification notification comes in, you get a little, you know, blinky light or something like that up in the corner, which sounds terrible as I say it, um, you know, having a little blinky light up in the corner uh, for notifications, but something along those lines where something comes in and then just do like a quick tap uh, on the side and it gets, you know, to play a text message or something along those lines without having to pull your phone out. Um, and, you know, you just, you know, much like the... Uh, like a lot of the vehicles now, you know, you can have it read back your text messages and things like that. Um, having that beam directly into your ears uh, without having to be broadcast to the rest of the world, I think would be kind of nice. 
Totally, totally. I think one of the big challenges that this will probably also ensue as I start to think about the feasibility of this is that, you know, we talk a lot about if everyone had Aftershock headphones or everyone had these Bose glasses, right? Um, they're obviously expensive right now. You know, the Bose headphones, I think are 200 bucks. Aftershock's like what, $100, $150, $120, bucks, something uh, like that. Yeah, they go on sale quite a bit at this point. Um, and, you know, obviously we're not going to drop that you know, $200 on headphones to every single attendee and then say, Hey, you have to connect this to your phone. You know, I don't know, maybe if that's right for you guys, but there might be ways for this technology to cost to come down over time. Um, and, and who knows, maybe also as well, like more and more people will have these glasses and these headphones and you can offer this as a solution uh, for your attendees. Yeah, it always comes down in price over time. Um, the technology is going to get better. It's going to get cheaper. It really wasn't that long ago that this this idea of bone conducting headphones um, was, you know, still kind of somewhat theoretical. Um, and now it's already a consumer product. I mean, it was uh, oh less less than ten years ago. Daniel Suarez Demon was was talking about having these bone conducting headphones, and that was like future tech at the time. <laughs> um, uh, and same same with beam forming. Um, so was, that's another way of, uh, you know, we've been focusing mainly on headphones, but I think, you know, similarly, as we look down the line, they're doing some pretty incredible stuff with audio beam forming, um, where, you know, if you're sitting in front of the TV, you're getting full surround sound and you move five feet off to the left and you get nothing. Yeah, um, that's you know, crazy that kind cool. of incredible, you know, incredibly, you know, tightly, you know, formed waveforms, um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of pretty cool things there, and then that also you know has the ability to kind of seem like magic as well. You know, so if you're standing in a certain position, you can hear announcements and you know music and things like that. But then you know no one else can. Um, uh, so you know, in years past, we would call that you're crazy. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you're hearing voices and music and things that no one else can, but um, that's that's the way the technology is moving, and there's a whole lot of fun I think that can be had with that uh, as time. A great place to demo that uh, beamforming technology is the Verizon store. I don't know if it's every Verizon store, but I know for a fact the one in Chicago off of Michigan Ave had the had a really good sounding beamforming setup where you walked in, you only heard it if you're standing in front of the display. Um, I remember, yeah, getting a little small speaker you could buy for like a hundred bucks that was like beamforming. My gosh, it hurt your ears. It was so high pitched, but it's definitely the technology has evolved over time as well. So. Well, Brant, thank you so much for yeah. uh, for taking the time to explore down the the technological technological road with me uh, when it comes to augmented reality for audio. Anything you want to leave uh, our audience with before we sign off? Yeah, just a reminder that when we talk about these technologies, one, be aware of how they're going to combine in interesting and unique ways. And two, you know, be aware that, um, you know, when we talk about augmented reality, it's, you know, it's not just visual, right? It can be anything. It can be audio. It can be any of the senses, you know, so they're, they're already working on augmented reality uh, touch. Um, you know, that we've talked about in some of our presentations where, uh, you know, they're using essentially like, you know, audio waves, basically like a high end, uh, I'm blanking on the actual term. Um, but they're, you know, it, it feels like, uh, you're touching a button that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this, mm -hmm. this stuff is being worked haptic at touch. from haptic touch, right? So it was haptics but it was called ultra hop because it was using ultrasonic pulses. That's what it was. Ooh. So it was using ultrasonic pulses to simulate touching a button in midair, even though there wasn't actually anything there. And folks that have tried it say it sound, it feels really cool. Like it's because <laughs> there's just nothing there, but you feel like you're touching a button or turning a knob. So it's, it's, we're, we're, we're rapidly approaching holodeck era, uh, being able to feel things that aren't there, see things that aren't there, 
smell things that aren't there and hear things that aren't there. It's going to be a, a brave new world as we move forward. If you go back 20 years uh, and then look at the future, you're going to be like, these are a bunch of crazy people. They see, hear, touch, smell, all these things that don't aren't already there. <laughs> right. They're crazy. They're seeing ghosts. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brant, for, uh, for being here um, and joining me again. Thank you to our amazing audience for listening uh, as we have all these awesome, crazy ideas when it comes to technology. I hope that you got a ton of value from this. And uh, you know, let us know, too, for if you have an idea for Augmented Reality Audio, send us an email, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Or feel free to hashtag Event Tech Podcast on any of your favorite social platforms. You know we'll find you and we'll reach out to you, leave you in the comments, all that sort of stuff. Also, make sure that if you are listening to this on your favorite podcasting platform, um, you, you always appreciate a rate and review. So that way we know we're doing a good job. But you can also head over to eventtechpodcast.com and enter your information to subscribe because that's where you get show notes, all the resources, and also some of these back episodes that we're now starting to reference so much. You want to head over there to get signed up for that right away. Well. Thank you guys so much. This has been another Event Tech Podcast. This has been Will Curran and Brand Kruger, and we're going to get out of here. We'll see you next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.